As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Bird to your mother, it's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just some high-flying, ran fast vertical stems of professors from Penn watching eagles eat and pray like pazookies on birthdays. It's Philadelphia, Marissa Bowen, Zach kicking it. Cooler than three penguins till Zach runs off with his valet keys. He's a real nuanced goose. Pull up a branch, get loose, it's time for some juice on some Birds with Friends. The early bird gets the worm, but prefers getting turned like a turn on some Birds with Friends. Marissa Bowen, Zach are here to squeeze. Don't miss the mistress talk on I don't call it the offseason. I call it the non-playing season. Is that what you say when people, you know, normies ask you about what you do in the offseason? You say it's the, not the offseason, it's the non-playing season? I don't correct them, but I'll call it the non-playing season. Okay. I'll feel like there's the playing season. The, the NPO. <laughs> yeah. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Birds with Friends, Monday evening, 9.02 p.m. On the first day of legal tampering period, Bo Wolf, Marissa Dunn, Zach Berman here to talk about a newsy day for the Eagles. We're going to stick to business in this episode. We're going to keep it nice and tight. We're going to talk about the news that you need to know. No, no mistress talk. No uh, sitting or standing to pee talk. This is an Eagles podcast. We're going to focus on the big news, and there has been plenty of news today. Expected changes for this Eagles team. The exodus has begun, Zach. Javon Hargrave, the big ticket player leaving to go play for the San Francisco 40 winers four <laughs> years, $84 million, the reported deal, 40 million guaranteed TJ Edwards goes to Chicago. If only there was a place on the internet to read about TJ Edwards, love of Chicago, growing up a Chicago bears fan, Google it. If you can, he goes for 3 million or three years, 19 and a half million, 12 million guaranteed Marcus Epps. Leaves as well. Goes to Las Vegas to play for the Raiders. Two years, $12 million, eight guaranteed. And Andre Dillard goes to the Tennessee Titans. Bit of an odd match, you might think, considering the uh, player and the head coach there. But three years, $29 million for Andre Dillard. Uh, But that's not all. Some people staying with the Eagles. Jason Kelsey, Zach, announces that he will play again. He will return. He took some shots with Howie Roseman at the combine. So they've been sitting on this news for about two weeks. And also the big ticket. Your boy, Brett Toth is back in Philadelphia. 
He resigns after he was released a couple days ago. Everybody else, Fletcher Cox, James Bradbury, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, Robert Quinn, Isaac Sayamalu, Kaiser White, Dominican Sue, Boston Scott, Zach Pascal, Miles Sanders, Gardner Minshew, and Brett Kern. Yet to agree to terms. Zach, everybody wants to know. It's Monday night. We're coming off a Zach Berman basketball game. How'd you guys do? We lost. Uh, a bad loss. The game of all the games that I've played uh, this season, this was the one that hurt the most because it's Ooh. a game that we could have it's the most and recent. should have won. Hmm. Well, yeah, but but we were not overmatched in this game. We we did not play well enough to win, and hmm. um, this one hurts. I saw Josh ask the stat line. The stat line's 0-1. Josh Tolentino, that's what, of course, of the Inquirer. Yeah, Good that's reporter. what we were. Uh, we lost. That's Asking the important the only, questions. That's the only stat that matters tonight is we lost. Um, how many points did you have? Yeah, listeners want to know how many points you had. <laughs> Zero. Zero. I, I, how many I shots to, did you take? I tried to contribute with my defense tonight. And I actually, but you know what? I, I didn't play well enough. Bottom how line. many shots I, did you take? I took one. I took a runner that I thought I was I I thought I was gonna make. I, I didn't play a lot of minutes tonight. I am so baffled by this whole experience. Like <laughs> you wait all week, you get one hour to work out to go play basketball, and you take one shot. So <laughs> like, I think we should go next week. What are you doing next Monday? I think night? we should do a next week's the semifinals. Call it. It's it's the semifinals. So oh, we gotta. Uh, Marissa, should yeah. we go and call the game? <laughs> I think we should. No. Where is it, Zach? <laughs> Uh, we get a whole audience there. Yeah. We've been yeah. trying to do a meetup, right? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, perfect. we don't have to have a meetup there. But no, uh, big day for the game. We, yeah, we, uh, I, I thought I could contribute tonight in ways other than scoring and talking smack. Um, <laughs> no, nah, but look, we, we did not, we were not efficient enough on offense. We did not rotate well defensively, and yeah, we had too many empty possessions. But. Uh, that is that pales in comparison to what occurred with the Philadelphia Eagles today, which is the mass exodus as we expected. And uh, I there's still some some uh, shoes to drop here. Yes, I'm uh, I'm expecting uh, I'm hoping that we're going to get some news in the middle of the program. That'd be fun to be able to react to. But Zach, uh, let's let's go one by one here. Uh, or at least position by position. So let's let's start at defensive tackle because that's uh, that's the big one. Javon Hargrave going to the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, big money deal, $21 million per, $40 million guaranteed. He's 30 years old. Uh, it, it seems pretty reasonable that this was beyond uh, what the Eagles could pay. I guess my question to you is, do you, think that, um, do you think that if the Eagles had not made the decision during the season to let everybody hit free agency that Howie Roseman talked about, to not upset the locker room apple cart, do you think that they would have Javon Hargrave signed for the next couple of years? That's a really good question. I don't know if they would have given that extension, but certainly, I mean, twenty-one million. But I think that theoretically, if they had offered in like week five, Hargrave would have taken a little bit less, right? Like, I I would imagine it, like going it, into the season, seventeen or eighteen probably would right. have been the market. To me, he thought. is the one guy who I think is gone because of that decision, which is fine. Like, I understand that, that that's the decision they made, but I, I feel like he's the one guy who, who they would have preferred to not l let out the door. Yeah, I wonder if Garner Johnson was in there too, right? And Garner Johnson's not out the door yet, but if if they had given him a contract in week three that, that uh, was safety money, which he wasn't getting offered in in New Orleans from, from what we understand, 
perhaps that would have been uh, something that that could have occurred. But yeah, no, you are correct about Javon. I thought that 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 Javon was a player that they should have prioritized. But we both wrote it was th that there was a number that would be too much, and I think twenty one million for annual value is too much there. Uh, I thought 17, 18 would kind of be the, the line of demarcation, if you will. And clearly they exceeded it. And, and, and not to say that I saw this coming, but when Payne got that contract last night, I was like, Oh, <laughs> defensive tackles are getting paid. I, I know he's old. I know Javon's older than Payne, but 11 sacks from the interior gets you paid and it got him paid. Does it matter to you at all? I know we, we talked about this on the uh, back and forth that's on the website now, but uh, does it matter to you at all that he signed with the Niners? It does not. Now, certainly they're among your chief competition in the NFC. I expected the Niners to have a really good defensive line regardless, right? Whether it was Hargrave, whether it – on the interesting This is a little thing, bit like – sorry, go ahead. You finish it, what you were saying. Oh, no, You're no. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm not to get into the 49ers roster building here, but – this is kind of like them admitting that they shouldn't have traded Armstead, right? They, if they had just re-signed Armstead, that, I mean, this is them admitting the Kinlaw pick did not work out, right? They they trade Armstead, they draft Kinlaw, and now they sign someone over Kinlaw. But that's neither here nor there. It, it, it actually reminds me of the Eagles taking Landon Dickerson because it's they, their defensive line with Chris Kukurik. Is that how you pronounce his name? Okay, he's He is like... He's like the Stoutland of defensive okay. line. Like he gets the most out of defensive linemen. You saw like Hassan Ridgeway is getting paid because yeah. of him. Like, uh, like you know, he, re he revitalized Arden Key's career. Like T.Y. McGill is taking impressive snaps. And for them to uh, like take that and apply it to a guy who's already good, it's like they're trying to uh, instead of trying to make the most out of like replacement level players, they're going to see what they can get with a really good talent. And like it's like we we had the argument with Dickerson like. Why would you spend a second round pick when you can get good level play? Well, like the, the beauty of Stoutland is that you can get a good level play from a Jack Driscoll. Well, maybe you're trying to go from, you know, from from good to great. But it's a, it's an interesting use of resources for them. I would, you know, it's I, I think it's heavy for a 30, a 30 year old player, but it's it's going to make the defensive line very good. Uh, two quick follow ups. First off, thank you. Human dialogue here. I, I meant to Forrest Buckner, not Eric Armstead when they traded. Buckner, they have. Yeah, that's right. yeah uh, to the uh, to the Colts. The second I ask you, you frame the question to me. Does it matter where he went? Um, let me frame it to you from a 49ers perspective. Do you think to them it mattered where he came from? Do you think part of their paying was to weaken the team that beat them in the NFC championship only because uh like what what is the what's the cool way to say it like that the eagles are in their head that uh there's like a there's like a cool hip way to say you're that cool. right you're cool I don't, know. I don't know yeah yeah the eagle the eagles are living in the niners heads yeah, right they're paying so maybe rent, it yeah. does maybe okay. it does uh play some role there i think it matters more to them than it does to the eagles like, I mean, good for Jay thinking about the 49ers. They don't yeah. care about the 49ers. You always hear in the NFL about the second contract. Uh, it says something when your third contract mm. is your is your biggest one, right? So right. good for him. Yeah, and and credit to the Eagles for making the initial yeah. contract signing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Now, in terms of the defensive tackle, like where they go from here, uh, your boy, our boy, Zach Allen, 
just as we started the podcast, signs a uh, a big money deal with the Denver Broncos. Um, and it's mm. actually not as uh, not as spicy as I might have expected. I think it was like 14 and a half per, which the is Broncos not... getting all this money. <laughs> okay, I'm curious. Yeah, Bron- this is the first move the Broncos have made that I kind of like. Uh, they spent spending all this money on like you know mediocre McGlinchey and and Ben Powers. <laughs> And then they're they're signing Alex Singleton. Alex Singleton got about as much money as TJ Edwards. TJ Edwards gets three 19 and a half. Singleton gets three for 18. And then Duke Riley also gets re-signed by the Miami Dolphins today. Somewhere in like whatever group chat he has with his buddies, Howie Roseman is like sending these uh numbers. And he's like, I told you guys Flagel stunk. Like these are all I, the two. These are the 2020 Eagles linebackers who, who who couldn't do anything, and all of a sudden they're day one guys. I hit the under. I set the over under at 9:30 before you would make that joke, and I said under. So yeah, I hit the under. That was that, that was, was gonna, easy money. That I was going to make it a flagel. Well, no, that you were going to make uh, an Eagles 2020 linebacker. Well, I tweeted about it, so that's not that much of a stretch. <laughs> exactly. I just didn't know how soon you would pull out that material. Okay. Yeah, well, we got I mean, there. I, yeah, so we, yeah, we got there. Um, okay. Yeah, uh, so Zach Allen goes to Denver, uh, which I'm so glad that leaves that. the Eagles I, I with. That. That's a spot I could have seen them pivoting to. I think, I think there's a good chance now that Fletcher Cox comes back if they can agree to a number. Um, I don't think they're going to be super involved in Draymond Jones. He's the only other like premier young guy on the market. Yeah, and I would so watch Cleveland there. I think my guess here is maybe Fletcher's back, and then it's like another rotational guy that they sign on Saturday or you know next week. They 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 see how this shakes loose, and then you're talking about Ionitis, who we talked about, or Puna Ford, or you know Morgan Fox, or my guy Nathan Shepard, something like that. Yeah, I hear you there. I always wonder. If there's a trade market candidate that we aren't talking about, that we aren't looking at, that I mean, it was Tim Jernigan in 2017, right? I I don't know who that could be. I see in the chat Jalen Carter. Bo had a terrific mock draft trade on Saturday. The thing is, you can't That's count. Fine. You can't count on that because you don't know. I mean, a, and a talent like that, you don't know when he's going to go off the board. Um, but yeah, you you wonder when and if there is if if there's a trade candidate we're not aware of yet. Uh, linebacker T.J. Edwards leaves. Um, Kaiser White's still out there. I think uh, my guess for how the Eagles approach this is either they sign an old guy or a cheap guy. Like now, Eric Kendricks signed right before we started as well, so that leaves I think Bobby Wagner as the as the guy who's out there that we talked about as like a how he makes a splash possibility. But otherwise, I think it's I think it's right back to the same playbook of see who's available in a week. If I can, just as I I, I don't mean to circle back to the previous conversation, I have one more name I, I wanted to throw at you to see if if you, if you think interesting old guy or Hit washed, Calais Campbell. Ah, Calais. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like a really cool player. I'd love to get to cover him for a year. Um, it doesn't. And he wouldn't obviously wouldn't qualify for the comp pick because they released him. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Could be like him or Cox. Would you? I mean, I mean just to uh, to mix it up a bit. Would you just to change up? Yeah. Yeah. Would you go with Campbell 
right. and he'd probably be a little bit cheaper because he's four years older, five years sure. older. Uh, I think that is not the Eagles. Okay. Mo. I think I think what Howie would do is is sign Fletcher Cox. Sign Fletcher Cox. Okay. Yeah. Um. So you were asking about linebackers there. I agree. I think it's it, right back. Yeah, right back to the same playbook, which yeah. is fine. I I've seen a couple people write this, um, listeners or, or fans, that um, how terribly the defense performed in the Super Bowl is sort of making this uh, exodus easier. Um, that it's like it's hard to get worked up about losing all these guys who uh, were part of this defense that couldn't get a, couldn't get like a stop on a single play when it mattered the most. And I I I mean beyond the sentimentality of it, I think that's right from a like a roster building standpoint, like I can't get too worked up about having to rebuild this defense that is going to have to take a step back anyway, but that's fine. Like, as we, as I keep saying, like the, the, the path to con continued Super Bowl relevance for the Eagles is all about having an elite offense. I don't think that, um, not that defense doesn't matter, but I don't think that you need to be worried about it too much. Yeah. I wouldn't get hunkered down in recency bias there, uh, from like a big picture perspective that, just because the Chiefs did that, it means let them all go. Uh, I think that the Eagles feel a great deal of confidence in the fact that they have players and offense locked up. I think that the Eagles were always going to view this draft as a way to replenish the defense. They've had a lot of money tied up in the defense in recent years, and I think you're going to see that kind of shift to the offense now where A.J. Brown has a big contract. Uh, Jalen Hurts is going to get a big contract. Devontae Smith, they have to pay in a year or two. He's going to get a big contract. And I think the, a good deal of these picks over these next few years are going to go to cost-controlled defensive players. I, I, I do think, and I've seen this point made elsewhere, and I agree with it, that one of the lessons from the, the 2017 team was they got old and slow quickly and expensive quickly. And... I think that's often apparent on the defensive side of the ball where on defense in particular, you want to be young and fast. Right. Uh, so I think that uh, there it's okay to let some of these guys go. I mean, there's not a contract today that they lost someone on where I'm like, man, the Eagles should have signed him to that deal. I think TJ Edwards signed a fair deal. I just don't think the Eagles are going to sign TJ Edwards to that kind of contract. Yeah. It wasn't a crazy deal. Yeah. But it's not. Yeah. It's not six a deal half, that I would six sign. And a half a year is not, yeah. Yeah, but I, I think that they can. If Nicole, no, no, I, I tweeted this out. And I mean, Marcus Epps for four guaranteed. Like, I feel like that is a deal that they would have made in September. It's, I mean, maybe, maybe so. a little bit less, but yeah. I tweet this out, and I feel very strongly about this. That look, like T.J. Edwards and Marcus Epps are the poster. I don't want to say po the poster men, and I was going to say poster child, poster men for what you try to tell these down the depth chart players. Like you, you come here, you, you, you earn a spot on special teams. You get some time on defense as, as, as a reserve, you become a starter and then you go get paid. Like that's what the Eagles blueprint is a linebacker, for instance. But it, it, you know, both those are sterling examples of it, but it's much easier um, in, in theory than in practice or, you know, the, like you, it's incumbent upon the scouts and it's incumbent upon the assistant coaches now to find your next Marcus Epps. Maybe that's Reed Blankenship. Maybe Reed Blankenship's your guy. Find that that next TJ Edwards. Maybe it's Christian Ellis. Maybe there's someone else there, right? This is where 
there, you know, I, I vividly remember where I, I mean, I, I make it sound so dramatic. I was in the Indianapolis convention center talking to Howie Roseman, like three or it was three years ago now, um, about linebacker. And he said, some positions you just need to trust that you can draft and develop. Right. And the Eagles haven't been very successful drafting and developing in that spot. But TJ Edwards is an example of how it's worked. Nicobe Dean needs to be an example of how, of how it can work. And, Reed Blankenship can be an example of how it can work. So it's fine to let guys go. Now you got to trust your scouts and trust your assistants to coach them, to find them and coach them up. I think that's right. I think, I think TJ Edwards is an awesome story and you don't, you don't then uh, pay for TJ Edwards. Yeah. You, you try to find the next TJ Edwards. And I, I think Javon Hargrave is a little bit like that. You try to find the next Javon Hargrave. That's why I thought that maybe Zach Allen would make some sense. Yes. Um, it, this is the position they're in, it, and those are the positions that they devalue for good reason. I think I think it all sort of makes sense. But, 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 and a huge but here. If you're Debo Samuel wise, if you're going to take that approach at linebacker and to an extent at one of your safety spots, you need to be awesome on the defensive line, or and you need to be awesome at cornerback, right? Like it's it's all where you allocate your resources. They're allocating their resources to their pass rush. They're allocating their resources, I think, to corner. And you need to be really good at, at those spots. So it can't be the type of season where, you, where you're not getting pressure from the interior and then you're not good at linebacker and you're not good at safety. So that's where I think uh, I'm fascinated to see what they do on the interior defensive line. Of course, the name we haven't mentioned yet, or I haven't mentioned yet, I have to listen back to see if you mentioned it, was Jordan Davis, right? They 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 traded up. They Jordan Davis was a high draft pick and they traded draft capital to go get him. He needs to be a difference maker for this team. The same way that the 49ers needed Kinlaw to be really good. Um the the Eagles need Jordan Davis to be really good for them. I think I I think maybe we saved this conversation for a slower time. But I I mean I think there's a real chance that Last year's draft class is not very good, um, and and it had. I mean, it didn't matter last year because they weren't expected to play. But I mean, they played fewer snaps than any other team, any other draft class in the league by a mile. And like, if Jordan Davis is not who they think he is, and Nicobe Dean is not, you know, ready to go, all of a sudden that was a like mm-hmm. it was not a very good draft class. Um, yeah, because that's that's a. A first, a third, and they trade a and third puts, in the Jordan Davis deal. Puts their defense in a really bad yeah. spot. Yeah. Um, I mean, Jordan Davis had he didn't have a single quarterback hit last year. Um, and I know that he wasn't asked to rush the passer a ton, but it was like over a hundred pass rush snaps. There were only a few guys, a handful of guys in the league who had that many who had more snaps than that and didn't hit the quarterback. Uh, we talked about I mentioned it in the, the back and forth today, but at some point it can't just be about projection and all the tools that he's got in his body i mean four years in college he wasn't a pass rusher and he he never he never affected the quarterback as a rookie he didn't affect the quarterback and part of that is the role and um he wasn't on the field in a lot of like obvious pass rush situations that's fine but there are always there have always been these explanations like it's time it's time for him to, to show it i mean and and that was the very first question march is not the time for him to show it but no, you're right. And that was the very first question. Do you think this guy can affect the quarterback? And they were very confident that, yes, he can affect the quarterback. So 
we're going to have to see. But, but, but you are correct. He hasn't shown it to date, and he he, he needs to show it. I'm, I mean, it's hyperbole to say he's the most important player on the defense next year, but he's 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 one of the guys who is absolutely in the crosshairs for the Eagles. Mm. Got some breaking news in from Ian Rappaport. Caden uh, Ellis is headed to the Falcons. So Ah, okay. Yeah. That so the, the Ellis reunion does not happen in yeah. Philadelphia. A, a lot of NFC South uh, picking the bones of their like. Yeah, Ryan they're Nielsen. They're taking over the the AFC East in terms of uh, leading the league in uh, cannibalism, I guess. Well, uh, Ryan Nielsen Division cannibalism is, is the defensive coordinator in Atlanta now. He came from New Orleans. And then, you know, their GM came from, from New Orleans. It's interesting. I and thought the that Seahawks if the Hawks are expected to sign Draymond Jones. Ooh. Wow. Okay. Not the Browns. Yeah. Ah, okay. Wow. You're right for trying to break, to trying to break Browns news when you, when you have Marissa on I wasn't the trying to break Browns news. He went to St. Ignatius. <laughs> He's from Cleveland. Yeah. And I saw a lot of reports that he was yeah. the favorite to go there. He wanted That's... to actually, he said, come get me or something. Yeah. That's good. Seattle signing Draymond Jones opens up my uh, my possibility for them to trade down for the Eagles to get Jalen Carter. There you go. Boom. Boom. And Vikings uh, are signing Marcus Davenport. Oh, okay, Ooh. that's interesting. Yeah, Marcus Davenport's comp coming out of college was they, uh, was was Neil Hunter. That's interesting. Are they gonna Are they gonna pay him more or less than they paid a blocking tight end today? I think weird move. Thirteen million. What I saw. Yeah. That was the, the weirdest move of the day, I thought. Uh, let's let's talk about the secondary now, Zach, um, because mm -hmm. we have not talked since the Darius Slay trade discussion uh, broke. What is your understanding of of why that happened, how things stand, and uh, what else is going on? Because James Bradbury and C.J. Gardner-Johnson both remain on the market at yeah. 9.26 p.m. Yeah, so... Well, I, I don't need to recap what happened. I, I imagine at this point, everyone who's watching us or listening to us knows. But I'll, I'll say here. So ESPN, our friend Diana Rossini reports on Friday that the Eagles have given permission to Darius Slay to, to you know, seek a trade. Or, or to, or I shouldn't say seek a trade, to talk to teams about a trade. Here's kind of the behind the scenes there, Okay. Uh, the Eagles need to restructure Darius Slay's contract in order to open up cap space this year. Darius Slay wants a contract extension with the Eagles. He has said this publicly. Okay? Um, and my interpretation of... Uh, now, Slay is on record saying he did not request the trade. He wants to finish his career with the Eagles. So this is basically the Eagles saying, if you think you can get this number, go get it. Right? That's my interpretation of it. That That... Slay wants an extension that the Eagles aren't willing to pay, okay? And the Eagles are basically saying, if you think this is what your market is, go out and find it. And my guess is they don't want to trade Slay, but that they are confident that he's not going to find this, this number and that they can find a, a resolution to keep him on the team next year. I don't know if they want Slay on this team in like 24, 25, right? Yeah, I don't think extension. they want to add another yeah. year. I think they, they just want to restructure it, put the – you know, bonus money into the void. You know, they have voidable years there. Right. They structure the contract to do this. Uh, and look, Slay's operating his his leverage. If if I was Slay, what I would be doing is saying, give me an extension, right? Instead of me restructuring, give me an extension. And it's just going to, we'll see what the market is. 
I mean, you saw last night what Jalen Ramsey got traded for. The Eagles, so you can't expect much in terms of trade compensation for the Eagles. And right. whether slight- who, is, who is three years younger yep. and a slightly better player. Exactly. So, and it, it, it would hurt the Eagles cap wise to trade him, but it, I mean, you could argue it would hurt the Eagles cap wise even more to extend him. Right. Uh, and to some degree, like it, it, the Eagles can't, I mean, they can't do as much. It affects what they can do in the beginning of free agency until they have a Darius Slay resolution because it's yes. the difference of like $10 million in cap space. Yes, exactly. And that's that's the uh, – we always talk about – well, I shouldn't say we always. Last year we really explained why they restructured and that they, they specifically put these voidable years on and they restructured deals with intent. They, they structured these deals with intent to restructure. But it it takes it takes a, a player willing and complying to do it in order to restructure. And a player can operate his leverage and say, "Give me incentive to restructure, right? Or give me incentive to help you out here." And that's that's I I think what is happening now. Hmm. Um, and then at safety, Zach Gardner Johnson still out there. Did Jason Jesse Bates signed with the Falcons? Uh, yes, for fourteen million per year guaranteed. Or it was four sixty four, I think. Is that what it was? I think it was more than fourteen. I think it was sixteen, wasn't it? Guaranteed. Yeah, four sixty four is, is sixteen. Yeah. Okay. That's right. Um. So you would think that that's the top of the market. Yes. Um, the longer this goes on, I, I sort of expected Garner Johnson to sign today. Uh, maybe maybe the Eagles are working on bringing him back. What do you What do you think is the state of of things there? Yeah, so I was watching the Falcons closely, actually for the reason you mentioned in in passing before. There's a lot of Saints Saints people in that Falcons building. The Falcons had a clear need for safety. I thought they were, we were going to go for either Bates or Gardner Johnson, and I thought maybe this Saints background would steer them toward Gardner Johnson, but clearly they valued Bates more. Uh, that's that's a big number. I didn't think the Eagles would would go above you know 14 for Gardner Johnson. Um, and I say that number not because that was the tag number. That was the Marcus Williams contract last year. Uh, if if that's the price range you're talking about, I definitely think the Eagles could be in it. If you're talking 15 or 16, I could see that being um, too burdensome. So I I don't know. Look, I, I got to say, I thought the Bears were a team to watch here, and then they could potentially move on from, uh, from Eddie Jackson, but – the fact that they signed two off-ball linebackers today and they pay big money to Tremont Edmonds makes me think that um, maybe they're they're not paying kind a, a weird de- they're kind of a weird deal for the Bears. Like it's like they're following the Chris Ballard playbook. They're 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 putting all their investment in guards and li- linebackers. Yeah, I, I was that on Chicago did. radio today and and they kind of asked me about that. Um, and I, I said like yeah, I, I didn't expect them to sign two linebackers, right? But I referenced actually that superlative piece that you and I did on Friday where I said if the cap didn't exist, like if I didn't care about uh, resource allocation, the player that I would target in free agency is is, is 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 Edmonds. And the reason I say that is because he is different, right? He's like he's 24 years old. He's 6'5", 250, runs sideline to sideline, is durable, can tackle, two-time pro bowler, improved in, in coverage. Uh I like if if I'm paying big money to someone, I want that guy to be different. And Edmonds is different, and he's really young too. At one point, he was the second youngest 
player in the draft. Uh, so I don't, but, but in conjunction with TJ Edwards, um, it's kind of interesting because they like Jack Sanborn too. So now they have three linebackers and they were asking me on, on Chicago radio where I thought Jack Sanborn's going to play now. I was like, I, I don't know. Strong side linebacker, I guess. Um, but, uh, that's neither here nor there. I, I, I was a little surprised by the, the route that the bears took, but I, I do like Edmonds. Um, I, I, and people were talking about Cincinnati with the, with, uh, Gardner Johnson and they, I they could see that, but they just drafted left. Dax Hill. Yeah, yeah they just, exactly. So they just drafted Dax Hill. So unless they like Dax Hill in that slot type role for them, I, I don't know what they do there. There's, there's a few other teams that you could pay attention to um, for him, but what if Sean uh, Desai thinks Avante Maddox is a good is a is a better safety? I mean, we've been talking about that for a while. I know, but they actually yeah. played him there last year. Yeah, and he played well. Nickels are easy to sign. Or draft. Yeah. Uh, Look, I, I it's a possibility. I, I would be on board there. And, and Maddox's contract is actually really good for our safety. Yeah. Now, if I'm Maddox in that case, well. I, I'd be like, hey, I signed this deal, right? Why, you know, I I, I could have made more money as a safety. But All right, last uh, last departure to talk about. Then we'll take a break and come back and talk a, a little Jason Kelsey uh, and Brandon Graham, since we didn't talk about that when it happened. Uh, Andre Dillard, three for 29 for Andre Dillard. Uh, a very interesting deal. Um, an interesting bet for the Titans to make. I alluded to it in the open. I, it feels like an odd fit um, personality-wise between Andre Dillard and Mike Vrabel, but interesting. Yeah, I mean, ladies and gentlemen, and I, of the three of us, I'm only speaking to Marissa here, uh, raise your kids to be left tackles, right? Because uh, left tackles get paid, even when you haven't had much starting experience. Um, you're drafting, I mean, you're signing Andre Andre Dillard right now for the upside. I, it's I, I, mean, I mean, it's yeah. I mean, my guess is, is, uh, what's it? Rand Catheron has, um, had a good grade on him coming out of, out of college. And you're talking about a first round pick who just, just doesn't have tape right now in the NFL. So, uh, or in, enough tape to give that type of money. But if he, if he plays like a first round pick, then, it's a it's it's a relative discount for a left tackle. So I don't know how to evaluate that. I, I simply didn't see enough of Dillard. You watch every one on one. What's your take on that? It's interesting because I I think that it's the kind of deal that with a deficit of information I could talk myself into. Um, Jordan Mailata is really good. He got you know he was in a tough position, and he played okay with his with his uh, snaps. Like the Eagles held on to him for a reason. You can talk yourself into the upside. Um, this is a guy with a chip on his shoulder, and he's healthy. Um, it's a it's a bet worth making, and I would probably rather have him than like pay a ton of money for Mike McGlinchey. Or um, you're so down on McGlinchey, man. Or, or whoever, but like yeah. you know, a guy a guy who has who has already proven to be just okay. But. I also think that he's going to disappoint on that contract. I like Andre okay. Dillard a lot as a person. I hope he does well. Um, he's a really interesting guy, but I, I find it hard to believe he's going to be in a better position to succeed than on the Eagles offensive line anywhere else, right? With Jeff Stoutland and playing alongside 
really good offensive lineman. Maybe, maybe you could say there was like the pressure of having to re- replace Jason Peters, but uh, just having, having watched him a lot over the summers when those reps are live, I think he's going to be fine. I think he'll be just fine, but not like great. Yeah. I, I look, I, it's, it's always the type of thing. And I fall victim to this. I'm a sucker for draft pedigree. I, I admit it. I'm a self-confessed sucker for draft pedigree. That's like, I'm, I'm always like in free agency. Well, this guy's a former first round pick. Maybe it was the situation. Maybe it was the circumstance that let's try to extract every bit of talent out of them. It's the same reason why in college football, like if I was a college football coach, I would just go to the, tr- the transfer portal and every former top recruit, I would, I would try to bring them to my program. Um, and I know it's completely arbitrary just because someone valued someone as a first round pick one year doesn't mean he's a good starting caliber player and you shouldn't fall for poor draft pedigree. But uh, in free agency, I, I tend to think that maybe you can extract something that the other team couldn't. All right, let's take a little break. Come back. We'll talk Jason Kelsey, Brandon Graham, Brett Toth, the new coach we learned about today. Very handsome. We'll get to that on the other side. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. Back on Birds with Friends, Bo, Zach, and Marissa. Marissa, how was the Big Ten tournament? Um, It was good, aside from the fact that, obviously, Maryland did not win. But um, it was a very cool environment. It was my first time in Chicago. So, yeah, it was a very fun weekend. I'm excited for March Madness this weekend. I know Zach's excited, too. So mm. should be should be a good, good few weeks ahead. A big Maryland-West Virginia game, which yeah. I don't know if, if, our, if our audience realizes this or not. Like a very odd rivalry. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do not like West Virginia. Is it something? Sorry. Can you explain it to me? I don't know why. I mean, I think it's just the geography. It's pretty close. Yeah. Um, but like even in football, like Michael played them several times. Um, I guess maybe probably more like ACC. Um, and I know, you know, they weren't in the ACC, but um, like earlier in his, in his college tenure, but um, yeah, it's a rough place to go to watch a game. Um, I mean, great loyal fans but they're they're a little they're a little rough out there um but yeah so so big matchup um a little worried about it not gonna lie it is the very first game Ooh. of the tournament um i was that's a, Bo, yeah that's so, always yeah, a fun one thursday 12 15 tip um but yeah i'm, I'm excited i i love this time of year so I i've been i've been i've been i've been rooting against west virginia basketball ever since 2005 they gave me one of the worst losses of my of my life as a fan 
triple overtime, second round. Triple Wake Forest. Overtime? Yikes. Noggle so, and Gansey. I remember that one. So uh, a few things. First off, for the Maryland-West Virginia thing, and, and this – I mean, this isn't ignorant. Like I, I'm aware of of geography, but uh, until I was living down in Washington covering the ACC and and was aware of this Maryland West Virginia rivalry, I actually wasn't aware of like how how well they're obviously border states, but the western part of Maryland is basically more like yeah. West Virginia territory than say Delaware territory. You tend to think of Maryland as you know, mm-hmm. uh, an, an Atlantic coast state, but Maryland's a big state. I, I sound yeah. like, yeah. So, uh, obviously Maryland being the state school, you draw a lot of people from the Western part of the state who are right on the border with West Virginia. Uh, that's number one. Number two to Bo's to what Bo said, there was a, I, I, I covered three consecutive NCAA tournaments and for, and I randomly flex. got us. Okay. Flex. I randomly got assigned regions and every year, West Virginia was in that region. Mm. Uh, and the player on that team who I remember talking to the most is Joe Mazzulla, who is now the head coach of the Boston Celtics. But I I mean, Joe Mazzulla was 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 like the awesome quote. Another big flex. Uh, as, yeah, Marissa, as Marissa yawns. <laughs> no, no, it was a cough. It was a cough. Uh, I okay. muted myself. Yeah. Um, uh, people in the chat saying we should do a Birds with Friends bracket challenge. Yeah, I'm in. You can make one. What what game are you most excited about, Zach? What, who do you got your eye on? Which game? I mean, there's the, the what team. The, do, you have, do you have an early? Do you have any takes? I loved UCLA this year in the games that I watched them, but now they they lost Jalen Clark for the year, and that really hurts them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alabama is kind of a bad karma team, but but they're they're, well, they're really talented. Maryland would play them in the second round. So okay, yeah, they're <laughs> they're really you're talented. rooting for them. No, I'm not. Um, Arizona. You were is, happy to see Chris Beard land on his feet today. I, I was. I heard. <laughs> Arizona is a fun team. Big, in my big old Miss fan. Arizona is. Um, uh, uh, Tommy Lloyd has has just done like an awesome job there, basically just bringing the Gonzaga international strategy to Arizona, which you might think w- would be an odd strategy because Arizona can recruit anyone. You would think, right? But they are awesome to watch, and so I I I, I like Arizona, but the Big Twelve. And the SEC have been so good this year. As far as the game, I I thought Memphis kind of got hosed a bit in the uh, in the seating. Uh, Houston's a fun team to watch, but I the Penn State game is 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 going to be awesome. I, I think that's. Yeah, that's can't wait to watch more Big Ten teams disappoint in the in the tournament again. Great, <laughs> great, great, glad we got eight more Big Ten teams to watch drag the pace of play down and disappoint and go out in the first or second uh, round. That'll be great. I'm sure I mean, Purdue is personally win attacked by that comment because Maryland usually falls in that group. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, it's true. Yeah, but it's a new era with Willard. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're they live and die by the three, so we'll see. But Don't we yeah, all it should be should be a fun weekend. I'm going we got... to the second Go half of this episode. I'm going to try and set up a uh, ESPN group, and I will put it in the YouTube description. Mm. Um, for anybody who wants to do a BWF uh, bracket challenge, and we will figure out the prize at the end of that one too. How's that? Sound? And shout out to both the uh, Princeton men and women yeah. who are going to the dance. Had a chance to meet Defomp Warren C on campus at Princeton on Friday. Uh, Ooh, so shout out to those guys. Princeton on Friday. 
a little watching a little uh, watch, grinding a little tape with uh, with Coach Flynn and uh, an unnamed uh, third person. Wow, football guy over here. Mm. <laughs> Look at that. Yeah, watching. Yeah, literally grinding the draft film. Right, he's got to get his buckets it's ready. Fun. Yeah, Great and day. and care and, to and share. I care to share publicly which wide receiver is your crush right now. Of the guys we watched, I would say, um, I would say Jackson Smith and Jigba and Jalen Hyatt were my two favorites. Um, the guy who I didn't like was the North Carolina guy Downs. Josh Downs. Um, I liked Zay. I liked Zay Flowers. And who else am I thinking about? I left as they were. They were. I. I we, Quentin we watched Johnson. Huh? I'm sorry, Quentin Johnston. Oh, yeah, Quentin I was Johnston. really underwhelmed with with Quentin Johnston. Really underwhelmed, but we'll see. We'll see how the uh, how the buckets play out. They were they were doing a little more quarterback work as before I had to leave. So uh, we'll have to turn into a different podcast to see what what they thought about that. All right, Jason Kelsey Zach announces today that he uh, he is returning. I'm not effing done. Um, I mean, is that what? Because are those the, those the exact words he said? Because I would hope not. Um, why? Because should be finished. Is that like in terms of correct English or? No, I'm trying to make a oh. trying to make a done joke. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, moving on. <laughs> it seems so. This uh, so they shared the, the they shared the video on the the New Heights podcast of him and Howie Roseman, um, having a shot of mezcal, which I feel like we I could do like. 45 minutes on that video alone. Um, but that tells you that Kelsey told him two weeks ago at the combine that yes. he was coming back. So that's nice from a, like the Eagles got to plan things out territory. Um, but not entirely uh, surprising. You and I both had him at number one on the flu world order rankings, but um, obviously a huge deal for the, 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 quality of the offensive line and every expectation now that Cam Jurgens moves to right guard. Absolutely. And, and first off, I mean, huge for the Eagles, right? Jason Kelsey, besides being an, an iconic person in Philadelphia is, is still an extraordinary football player and is the odd player that, that seems to get better with age, right? That, that not, not as he says it, not as he says it. I saw a clip. I actually didn't see it t until today of John Clark interviewing him late in the season where Kelsey was saying he's not a Hall of Famer because he said that a Hall of Fame player uh, is He's talked great. about this before, yeah. I haven't heard him scheme say independent. this. He said this. Yeah, before. scheme yeah. independent, yeah. And that, uh, and it, well, he, he did say to me one time at the Pro Bowl down in Orlando, he said the two players he's played with in his, in his career who were scheme independent, who were like would be great no matter what scheme they were in, was Jason Peters and Fletcher Cox. Right. Uh, and so he said, yeah, so he, he said that, that he wouldn't be great in any scheme. And so he's not a hall of famer. He's a hall of famer. I think if he retired this year, I think this last yeah. all pro put it over the top. Exactly. And he's just, he's huge for the team. Bo, uh, of, of all the guys on the, on the, on the beat right now has, has, has probably written the most about it. Bo and Jeff McLean have, have done the best Kelsey work of anyone. I, I still think the best story that's been written about Kelsey to date and this is no knock on Shield, who did a really good one as well, uh, was Bo's piece about a, a year in the life of Jason Kelsey's body. Um, if you haven't, if you're a newcomer to Birds with Friends and you weren't listening back in 2019, 
uh, January 2020 it was, uh, make sure you check that out because you, you see what he goes through physically. But, uh, I, I, I mean, this is would have been tough to squeeze that one into 3000 words, but <laughs> sure. You're right. Um, but <laughs> sorry, sorry. I shouldn't, I shouldn't be laughing here. Um, but point being that but if you. the, if the only outcome, I'm, I'm, I'm not being like an Eagles homer here. I'm, I, I'm not belittling the losses that they had. They've, they've lost key players. I get all that. But the outcome of Jason Kelsey returning should not be ignored. And it's it's also not a zero-sum thing with the cap. Like, there's a, a con, you know, there's a contract they need to give Jason Kelsey. It, it was a weird thing. Had he decided not to, to return, it would have um, voided in June, on June 2nd. Right. They would have uh, been post-June 1. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So he technically wasn't an unrestricted free agent, but he wasn't going to return on the contract that he was on because it there's this there was this automatic 2024 guarantee at a huge number basically. So they have to give him a a, a contract, and they've been paying him like the top center in in the league now for the past few years, and I imagine they're going to do so again. Uh, so this is very much a signing, and this is a huge signing because he's he's that good of a player. They signed. Probably a guy who who you could say is the best player at his at his position in the NFL. And just because all those years came on the Eagles, it shouldn't be taken for granted that he's back with the Eagles. And we talk about, you know, the lessons of 2017, 2018, trying to avoid sentimentality. And I think that Jason Kelsey and Brandon Graham are are different. Um, I think we talked about this a couple episodes ago, but those guys are different than you know, trying, you know, being overly sentimental with Javon Hargrave or, you know, TJ Edwards, guys like that. I mean, these guys have have been here for so long and you know that they are um, like for Brandon Graham, for instance, like he is he is content in his role as a rotational edge guy. Like you, you, you can uh, you're not worried about how that's going to play out. Um, it's a position where you need a lot of bodies. Jason Kelsey's still playing at a high level. I think it's OK to be. Uh, sentimental with those guys and, and i was surprised well not i wasn't surprised because i know that brandon graham was going to become the longest tenured player ty bednarik for the most seasons in eagles history but he and and kelsey now will be the longest tenured teammates in eagles franchise history good stat there i, I saw you tweet that out i think that the sentimentality it was actually reverse sentimentality here benefited the Eagles. I think Brandon Graham's sentimentality benefited the Eagles I think you're right because I think Graham could have commanded more money on the open market, but he, he wanted to come, he wanted to come back to Philly. I, I saw him on Thursday night uh, at the Maxwell awards and, and you couldn't get the scoop. <laughs> um, I, you know, I had to give it back after yeah. the last time, you know, I had to do it again. Uh, shout out to T-Mac. Shout out to T-Mac. That's right. Shout out to Brandon Graham for giving me to a beat writer too. I respect mm. that. Um, even though it's competition, but yeah. Uh, did you end up seeing him at the uh, place that you recommended to him for the kids? No, the Reed weekend? was sick this weekend. So uh, we were supposed to go laser tagging on Saturday, but we didn't want to get the laser tag facility sick. Right. So, uh, I see the truth said great video of Joan and Sirianni too. Yeah, I was there. Um, and good speeches by both of them, by Sirianni. Who gave the better one? Jones. Cause you asked me who was going to give the better one, who did give the better one. Uh, you know, Jalen's was, was more quotable. You know, Jalen had a, had, had a mic drop line. Uh, he ended his tweeted, speech yeah. by saying, yeah, uh, 
I, you know, I did not walk by the fire just to smell the smoke, right? Or I did not walk to the fire through the fire just to smell the smoke. Um, I need to pull that up, but that was a good one. I, I thought Sirianni's was was really heartfelt. You know, he spoke about he spoke about um, you know his learning mental toughness from his father overcoming cancer, uh, and he spoke about how he cried three times um, the night of the Super Bowl, uh, the national anthem when everyone saw. Okay, after after the game, and then he said when his wife uh, hugged him and, and said and said she was proud of him, and he mm. said that 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 like that was you know that's 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 touching because you see, like you see how how much work goes into it. And he spoke, and I, I mean Marissa of all of us can empathize here. Not to put Marissa only in the <laughs> bracket of the wife of a player, but um, but he talked about how how much she had to move throughout his his career and so i thought about marissa like having to move a lot over these past few years as as both as both chronicled as well but you know he, he actually said the line that they were living in you know california he took the job in indianapolis they got off the plane and it was like uh snowing or raining and he didn't know if she was going to come with him um <laughs> but uh yeah so that i i i thought sirianni's speech was was really heartfelt but jalen also said too that uh, he said he cares for football the way he cares for his lady with, you know, like tender love and care. So that's that, that, that was a, a nice um, drop by uh, Joe in there. I, I thought they were both good speeches and Brandon Graham gave a good speech too, as well. He was honored uh, as, Jalen, as well. Uh, shout out his girlfriend. In yes. The speech, right. Yeah. That's, yeah, that that's was the first like public his, acknowledgement. Yeah. When he said his lady. Yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, it was a, it was a nice uh, it was a nice event, and then Drake May won the College Player of the Year, uh, or oh, I'm sorry, the Freshman of the Year. Caleb mm -hmm. Williams won the College Player of the Year. I'll tell you what, that was my actual biggest takeaway from watching. Is that Drake May's awesome? Well, Drake May looked good too, but Caleb, Caleb Williams, Williams, I mean, yeah, that guy rules, man. Yeah, that guy's yeah. better than any better than everybody. I agree. I agree. Um. And then, uh, yeah, it was, it was, I, I've never been to, uh, Mohegan, Pennsylvania. Yeah. What'd you think? You play nice, yeah, nice facility. Uh, play the tables did not was, was there for work and then drove home afterwards. Some of the people there were like, you're driving home after this. I said, I said yeah, I'm not, I'm not getting a room. I got, man, got kids tomorrow. Exactly. Morning. We're not going to get into mistress talk tonight. <laughs> As opposed to other nights. Yes. <laughs> okay. This Go is ahead. a news episode. Okay. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, all right. Brett Toth is back, Zach. Big takes on that. There had to be a, sh- a, a contract thing with uh, the top 51 or something like that mm. is my guess. I, I don't know the mechanics of it, but Brett, Brett Toth is back. I think, I think, I think Brett Toth is like going to be on the team next year. That's mm-hmm. what I think. Um, if, if you're, if fans are following, uh, the Andre Carter story with Darmy, I spoke to Andre Carter at the combine or, and he, he said he's been in touch with Brett Toth. He, him and Brett Toth spoke for a few hours about, you know, the situation, you know, about the situation and, and Brett Toth and I spoke a few times during the season about the ruling with Andre Carter. So uh, certainly something to follow as well. That's a flex. We talked to him several times during the season. Yeah. Of all the things I could flex, speaking to Brett Toth a few times during the season. Okay. Oh, all of a sudden he's not worth flexing over? No, I just think that's just normal conversation over the course of being a beat writer. It's like talking to Michael Dunn if you're a Browns writer. Yeah. What a pleasure that would be. That would be worth flexing over. Exactly. (laughs) Now, Zach, uh, you love nothing more than a local guy coming home. So tell us about TNN the new Nichols coach. <laughs> yeah, coach Williams, right? Um from the Bears, this was reported by uh Courtney Cronin, Cronin. from ESPN and is it uh I get the whole thing here. It's been the uh quality yeah. control coach for the Bears for the last several years under Desai and of course Desai was a quality control coach for a very long time. Yep. So it's it's Rondell Williams, who uh, he he's from Chester, went to West uh, he 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 went to Westchester University. He coached at a few local schools, including Temple. He's he, he's been with the Bears, and yeah, seems like an interesting story. Joe San Laquito on Philly Voice had a piece on him uh, two years ago or so, or three years ago. So you know, I, I I tweeted that out today. But looking forward to meeting him, and always like when. You, you you bring in someone who uh who Incredibly knows what good cheesesteak is. Okay. <laughs> oh, that's not what you were gonna say? No, I'll say who knows where oh. good cheesesteak is. I was oh. going to say one of my favorite Ed Orgeron lines was I'm the first coach at LSU who does not have an accent. And uh I was I was gonna say when they hire someone who does not have an accent, but I actually don't know if 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 Ronnell Williams has a Philadelphia accent or not. Mm. Okay. Is it Ronell? It's R O N E L L. That's why I was like, is it is it Ronell or Ronell? I don't know the answer. I would guess Ronell too, but I, but yeah, okay. It's well, I look forward pure to, speculation. I look forward to meeting him, Marissa. Mm-hmm. Uh, now Michael is still a restricted free agent until Wednesday, right? So we don't know. Yes. We don't have any movement yet, right? We got to wait until Wednesday for no no movement. But um, his his agent is making lots of moves um, with other clients. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> M- 
Mike Garofolo just tweeted. Uh, of course. Yes, Mike G with the with the inside scoop that um, Demarcus Walker is also signing with the Bears. Oh, okay, yeah. interesting. Yep, Bears spending a lot of money this offseason. Well, they um, had they had like twice as much cap space as everybody else. Yeah. So yeah, all quiet over here. Um, Michael was very happy we we're doing a pod tonight because you got to go to the golf cave. Um, <laughs> so. Yeah, workout by day, golf by night. He's he's living the life. Fantastic. Yeah. I look forward to careful breaking. He's getting out. He, he, he's got a couple more months to get all that in. Yeah, we started our baby registry today. That was nice. You know, finally, everyone's been asking. I'm like, yeah, we've been like really busy, but uh, you know, it's creeping up. July's getting close. So how did he shoot today? Uh, I don't know. He's there now. Yeah. Oh, okay. that's why he was so happy. He's like, oh, you're doing a pod tonight. Okay. And then he's on his phone. He's like, all right, I have plans tonight too. <laughs> That's funny. So daylight savings is good for golfers, right? Because you get it, the golf it's later. A, it's a simulator. Yeah. It's oh. yeah, it's, it's yeah. still evening. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. It's Sorry, 10 o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's a simulator. Uh, he could barely hit it when it's light out, let alone in the dark. <laughs> quick, uh, uh, because you mentioned Gareth Hall, I got to give a shout out. Mike's done an awesome job today. And it brings me back, uh, Mike and I are former teammates and we had to, you know, I covered free agency with him and it was the type of thing where you, you, you go over everyone on the, on the roster and he'd be like, all right, you call these agents and I call these agents. And Mike was, it was like, there was like three agents for me to call. Mike, Mike was like, I got, he was, he was so locked. He was, he's, he was awesome at his job. He's it, awesome. It was very job. cool. I mean, I've had NFL network on literally all day today. Um, especially since I do the Jets podcast. So waiting on whatever the heck's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers, And I did think it was very cool watching, uh, all of them yeah. live work, the phones, um, you know, how the, no, I'm, the, oh, yeah. the tofu, turkey whatever yeah. we call it yes. is made behind the scenes you know i don't know if that's the journalism nerd in me but um yeah i like i liked that aspect of the live broadcast i'm partial to mike though and i think mike does the best job of of uh staying on the segment while reporting the news mike's not mike doesn't yeah. give up on the segment he he's a he's a total pro so yeah yeah it's busy not to say the others aren't just Mike's, yeah. Mike's my guy. Oh, Sarah so. taking a stray. Yeah. No, 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 not that. Oh, Mike's my guy. It's fine. You got to do it, man. <laughs> Tell him the truth. Um, um, we, we did get a comment in the chat that I thought was interesting, and we've seen a lot of quarterback money. Uh, what, how do you think any of this impacts a Jalen Hurts contract? Um, Good question. I don't think it does. Forward. I don't think it does. I, I think the only thing that, that, that could affect it is the structure of the Lamar Jackson contract. But I think the Eagles know what it's going to take this to, to pay Jalen Hurts. That They're not trying to get a discount on, on Jalen Hurts. I, I think the Eagles are ready to give a big deal, and it's just a matter of timing. And there's, it's complicated, obviously, by you know the other potential quarterbacks. And Jalen Hurts certainly has the leverage because he's a second-round pick. I mean, Burrow and Herbert, they there's the fifth-year options there, so they don't have as much leverage as – Hertz does, but uh, but I, I I think it's it's just a, a matter of when, how much, and what the structure is. The only complicating factor could be if like Lamar Jackson gets a fully guaranteed contract for more than Deshaun Watson. But I imagine that's also the uh, the reason why he hasn't signed with the Ravens yet. 
Mm. So do you think there? people want to know why we haven't heard anything? You think there's... I just think the, the got, nature of timing. Yeah. Yeah. They got too many other things to do at the moment. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to, no, no, it's a good, it's a, it's a question worth yeah. discussing. I just think it'll, it'll get done. It's not. Okay. Yeah. It will get done before training camp. I, I, I feel, I, I, I believe. I, I don't know when in that the Carson Wentz contract was the first one that I happened. think it'll that get done before the draft. Okay. Oh. The, Maybe not, but yeah. that's what I, yeah. The Wentz one was in June. Yeah. I think I think it was actually was it June eleventh? Was it on Bo's birthday? Was it? I don't know. Don't uh, you think they want to get it done before Burrow and Herbert though? Yes, I do. So that's why I think there's a little bit of a of a pep in their step potentially. Mm. Uh, Quackatology wise, I believe we've got three of the final four still alive, including uh, the winner Byron Murphy, who I think is the last young guy on the market the eagles would be interested in like like big money deal now we've talked about the the comp pick stuff hargraves is going to probably be a third round qualifier Mm -hmm. um the ones from today edwards and dillard will qualify i think at the fifth or sixth round level um and then if garner johnson and bradbury go those ones are you're probably looking at at fourth round levels and you can only get four comp picks. So Eagles can still sign a guy who's a qualifying comp pick, but you cancel out the level of guy you sign cancels out something similar. So they're not going to sign a guy who's going to cancel out that third one, that third rounder. They don't want to cancel out the, the Hargrave pick, but you can certainly sign a fourth round guy because there's not like you're you're not gonna you're not gonna take a worse player because you're you'd rather have a fourth round comp pick than a fifth round comp pick, right? Well said. So yep. they, they, they've still got room to maneuver. And to uh, to also bring it back to Bo's mock draft on Saturday, the Eagles uh, can trade the 2024 picks knowing that some of these comp picks are yes. coming. And I think right? they're going to they, do that. Yeah. yeah, they don't know what round they're going to land in. Right, They can't trade a comp pick until it's, it's, it's awarded to them, but they can trade their other picks with the confidence that they'll have a comp pick. Yes, and that's why... You know the, the specifics of the the uh, deals that I had in that mock draft. You know are not perfect, but I think I think the ideas behind them are both something that will be on their mind. One being using one of their two second round picks from next year to potentially move up from ten, um, and I also think that they have the the like a, a pick swap of ten and thirty for you know five six or seven and whatever the corresponding second round pick is. I think it's a nice little extra bump that you can give to move up. And then I think I think they would like to move into the middle rounds by using one of next year's fourth round picks, uh, or or fourth or fifth round picks, um, because you have those comp picks coming. And they and they could trade for a player as well. I I mean I don't think the Eagles want twelve picks next year, right? Yeah, I mean you don't want twelve draft picks anyways. Uh, So, uh, but I wrote this and I strongly believe this that the Eagles have a type in trades and it's players entering the final year of their rookie deals last year, AJ Brown, Chauncey Garner, Johnson. Um, this was how they drafted. This is how they traded for Jordan Howard. It's how they traded for Ronald Darby. It's how they traded for Tim Jernigan. Uh, this is the, the type of player that they look for. And so I would pay attention. If there is a team that signs over someone who's entering mm. the final year of his rookie contract, uh, or they give we were- money at a position, then, you know, and there might not be an extension, that's where you 
see if the Eagles could strike. We were batting some of these around uh, over text, and you wrote about it in your in your plan. Maybe uh, maybe a Jeremy Chin mm -hmm. from the Carolina Panthers, who we know the Eagles were interested in when they drafted Jalen Hurts. Yeah, coming off a bad year, or I shouldn't say bad year, a down year, and the reports out of Carolina are that they're going to move him into the box, right, almost as a linebacker. But when you're kind of moving the positions of a player, maybe you would also entertain training him. So mm. uh, certainly something I, I, I would look at if I were Howie. And we've talked, Howie, the thing that keeps Howie up at night is not knowing someone's available. And Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, people were saying, like, the, the league didn't know he was available. Yeah, um, you know, speaking of that, I'll give you, I'll, I'll respond to your Bears radio flex. Uh, I was on uh, a Niners radio program ah, today. Nice. And they asked me about the possibility, given the Rams fire sale, that the Eagles would make a call on Aaron Donald. I don't think Aaron Donald's getting traded to you. I don't think so either. But I think, but I, but, but I responded with the exact thing that you just said that if Aaron Donald is available, Howie Roseman's going to be tossing and turning to make sure that he knows that, that that's yes. true. Um, yeah. Because he, he, I mean, he loves yeah. making a splash. Yeah. And by the way, I mean, I, I can understand, you know, I was in the car coming back from fantasy from, from basketball tonight and there was a trade in my fantasy baseball league. And I was like, wait, I didn't know Marco Luciano was on the market like that. I could have trumped that deal. Okay. So, uh, so yeah, I can. Apples to apples is the exact same thing. I understand. I mean, I, I need to be more like Howie. I need to just throw all these offers out, even if they're crazy. Mm. There you go. All right. Uh, we said we were going to keep it tight. 67 is tight enough, right? We'll probably. We'll probably be back tomorrow. We'll see what happens. Um, so nothing happened during the show. A little disappointing, but that's okay. Jason Kelsey's back. Brandon Graham is back. Brett Toth is back. TJ Edwards, Javon Hargrave, Andre Dillard, and Marcus Epps are gone. Everybody else still out there. Exciting first day of uh, tampering here at Birds with Friends. So for Zach. And Marissa, and all the sickos, and Duke. So thanks for listening. We will uh, talk to you later this week, maybe tomorrow. And as always, we love you.